Welcome into the PFN Bengals podcast. I am Dallas Robinson. He is Jay Morrison. Jay, the Bengals pulled off another win, but it was not like what we expected at all. At all. The Bengals won over the Seattle Seahawks in week six, 17 to 13. They're back to three and three. They're back in the mix. It feels like they're kind of moving towards where we thought they would be at the beginning of the season. But this was a very different game, I think, than, than what we thought. The offense really got going in the first half. Joe Burrow looked great. Second half, literally could not do a single thing. Thankfully, the Bengals defense stepped up, right? It, it was such a it was such a complimentary game. I think the kind of game that we've been looking for when maybe the offense couldn't get on track in the second half, but the Bengals defense was there to step it up. Jay, what were your kind of thoughts from this game? Where does this where does this leave the Bengals kind of moving forward? Yeah, I mean, it, it started the way I think a lot of people expected to, certainly the way I expected it to, where it, it the Joe Burrow is back game in Arizona. And then they come out and they drive right down the field, two straight touchdowns. And then I don't know. It just, you see that from time to time teams adjust and yeah, teams start fast and then it becomes, but this was such a drastic difference of, of going right down the field and scoring to really not being able to do anything. And it's, you know, Zach and Brian both talk about this all the time that, you know, not getting a first down and not getting into rhythm. And, and that wasn't the case on those, those, it was, it was technically nine drives after the first two, but it was really eight. One was a kneel down, but yeah. the, on, on a lot of those other ones, they weren't all three and outs. They, they got first downs. They, they, they got decent amount of yardage on first down. They were in position to convert. And a, and a couple of times they did, but it was just the weirdest. I don't know the, I'm just not used to seeing it. I don't think anybody yeah. is. Joe Burrow was throwing behind receivers so much. He threw 15 straight completions, and his next two passes were behind the receivers yeah. badly. I, I, I just – he was at a loss after the game. Zach was at a loss after the game. It was just a really, really strange occurrence. Um, and, and then the defense is – that's just what this defense has been. The And mm -hmm. they, they say it all the time, yards aren't points. They do give up yards, let teams get down in the red zone, and then they just they bow up in the red zone. But, I mean, how many times can you count on that? I mean, I really thought that final possession was going to end with Seattle scoring yeah. a game-winning touchdown in the final seconds. And then, you know, B.J. Hill and, and Sam – or, yeah, it was. B.J. and Sam ran that stunt. And yeah. just amazing. Hit Geno Smith <laughs> as he throws, and the crowd erupts, and – it was amazing. The defensive guys were talking about a lot of times they, they kind of pandered the crowd, talk about how loud the crowd was, what effect it was. I yeah. mean, they, they said they couldn't even get their play calls. It was so loud and they were just kind of freelancing and it really yeah. doesn't matter. Then pass rush is pass rush. You, you, you talk it over with your guys. This is what I'm going to do. This is what you do. Um, and they found a way to get it done. It was just, it was one heck of a performance from that defense. Cause I mean, Seattle's not a world beater offense, but they were moving the ball really well. And then just to shut them down four times in the red zone, three of those goal to go red zone opportunities, yeah. just really remarkable. Yeah, I think Geno Smith, I think when he had time to drop back and, and look at his first read, he looked okay. Mm -hmm. I think he looked okay at times. But the pressure just got there so consistently and so regularly that he had no chance on so many plays. It was an amazing performance by this defensive line. And I don't – I think Trey Hendrickson was an absolute beast. I think Cam Sample was, was a beast. We can get into his performance from the interior. It was really all down the line. Like every one of those guys was a real contributor. I think on offense, I think you said it, Joe Burrow, Brian Callahan, Zach Taylor, they didn't seem to have any answers after mm -hmm. this game. I, I don't know that we'll have any better answers than they do, honestly, right? I think for what for what is ailing this team, I think it's hard to kind of – point back to Joe Burrow's calf injury if people are trying to use that as an excuse because he looked so good last week versus the Cardinals. I mean, he was able to plant. He was able to, to be mobile and escape the pocket. And we we saw some of that on, on Sunday too. I'm not sure if that's really much of an excuse at this point. I think it really is just kind of this mesh and how this offense, the cohesion of this offensive unit. I think you can maybe point to like T Higgins being, being banged up too. He was obviously on a snap count and mm. didn't look like himself, but you know, Tyler Boyd made some plays. Jamar chase continues to make plays. There's obviously a lot of good options on this offense. I, I do wonder if they're ever going to be able to run the ball this year, <laughs> because yeah. I think, I think Joe Mixon has looked good at times, but 
they just cannot get this run game going. And and I think it's I think it will start to affect this passing game too if they can't you know churn out yardage and and get some explosive plays and chunk gains yes through the rushing game but really you kind of want that consistency and they just really haven't had that this year i don't know i don't i don't know what if there's an easy answer to say okay when the Bengals come back from by they're going to look like they did against arizona they're going to look like they did in past seasons i think that's kind of the hope is that maybe an, a, use this bye week that t gets healthy that mm-hmm. joe if he has any lingering issues whatsoever that he gets health fully healthy and that they come back after the bye. I know it's an absolute gauntlet of a schedule, but that they come back after the bye and they look like that team that we've kind of been expecting, right? I don't know. I think I think it's kind of up in the air. I think we'll just kind of have to wait and see how that goes. We I don't think it's it's a little hard for us to project after an offensive performance like this. What's it going to look like moving forward? It's hard to say, right? Yeah, I mean Brian Callahan talked about it a little bit yesterday, where you know they're not they're never going to be a high volume run team, but they're mm. they're looking at going under center more. Um, now that Joe's healthy yeah. and, and it was, it was this time last year when they, they scrapped under center and they just said, we're just going straight shotgun. Right. And, but I mean, you, you, and I think that was the plan to kind of go back to more under center anyhow this year until before Burrow got hurt. And then it kind of was off the table. You, you just, even though it worked out okay, they were pretty efficient last year. They were great, not great at running the ball, but they were efficient enough. And I mean, they won all those games in a row after yep. the change. But you can't do the same thing over and over again. And and he talked about that. It's, they're just it's just too predictable. And they need to going under center more often will help the run game. There's just certain aspects of the run game that work better that way. And it's it's interesting because it kind of works the opposite where where right now you mentioned how Mixon's look pretty good. I mean he's he does okay against light boxes, but yeah. goal to go that when we saw in Arizona at goal line stand, yeah. Sunday's third and one, first play first play of the fourth quarter. They I mean they totally telegraphed they were running that ball and they got mm-hmm. stuff there. He's not been good at short yardage. So if if you're going under center and it looks like a run and the defense is expecting a run, maybe that's right. not the best thing. But I do think it will open up play action. I think it, going under center will will maybe help the running game a little bit. It's really going to open up the pass game. Um, there there will. I mean, that's what the buys for. You self scout. Yeah. You, you start rethinking things. There's not going to be drastic changes, but I think there will be some changes. Um, but you're right. They they got to figure out a way to, to get the game the the run game going a little more. I look, this is the the second fewest rushing yards they've had through six games in franchise history. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sorry, the second fewest rushing attempts, third fewest rushing yards. So yeah. it, it's just something that they're, they're never going to lean into it, but nobody can be one dimensional. They as good as Burrow is. And, and I don't think that the, I don't think the calf is an issue anymore. I mean, Brian said he thinks he's as close. He's there. If, if he's not already, yeah. already at 100%, he's very close. We saw him scramble around and have a 10.5 second time to throw yeah. uh, pass uh, late, that, his last pass of the first half. The touchdown to Yossi Voss, he, he was kind of – I mean, Dan Horde, the play-by-play guy, described it as the alley shuffle where he was just kind of mm. backpedaling, <laughs> holding the ball down at his hip, which you never see. I mean, no. Burrow is so secure with the ball um, – teaching tape kind of technique there yeah uh and and that brian said that's when i knew he was feeling himself and and so i i do i don't think burrow's calf is going to be an issue going forward at all it's something that we probably don't even have to talk about anymore but yeah. there are other issues that do need to be addressed yeah definitely and i think i think that we can hope that those issues will kind of rectify themselves on offense it obviously helps when you get this type of defensive performance from blue in a room yeah. unit right i mean this was this was the kind of performance you're hoping for that we were hoping for earlier in the season. I think when the Bengals were allowing huge plays, when the Bengals were missing a lot of tackles and giving mm-hmm. up a lot of rushing yards and kind of that idea of complimentary football that when Joe Burrow, the offense earlier in the season, couldn't put up any points, the defense really wasn't there to pick them up in this game. They absolutely were. I mean, they absolutely were there every time they were called. You mentioned it earlier that Lou Anarumo's defense, I think the f- the main feature of his defense might be that bend but don't break mentality, yeah. right? But you can come down, you can get guards on us, but when the when the moment is there, they will step up. And they did it again this Sunday. I think you have to look at that defensive line and how that is going to help this defense moving forward in terms of having waves of pass rushers that can consistently get after the passer. 
if they don't have to Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard were absolutely incredible yesterday. Mm-hmm. Sam Hubbard maybe had one of the best games of his Bengals career. I still think you want those guys playing a little less snaps as the absolutely. season goes along where it comes in where Cam Sample is has been really, really coming on these past few games. Hopefully Miles Murphy can kind of pick things up. Joseph Osai, who's been a little bit quiet this season, maybe yeah. he can step in. I, I think this performance gives you kind of that foundation of what you're looking for. And then you moving forward, I, I think Lou can kind of integrate some of those younger players, those backup options, maybe Jordan Battles. He's a little more playing time. This gives you a, something that you can build on. Now we see where it goes from here. Yeah, I mean, that is the goal. Lou talked about that, where that DJ Reader played 51 snaps. He said, that's that's way too many. They can't yeah. have that. And, you know, the, the issue with complementary football, that's that's kind of been the issue where the offense isn't sustaining drives, and so the defense is out there too much, and they're tired. And it happened on Sunday, and they found a way to bow up and, and finish the, all those drives. And Lou talked about it. The He was considering that final drive, sending out, the the backups because he knew mm. his starters were so gassed and the Bengals offense goes three and out uh they take a couple deep shots it didn't work out and Lou said you guys are going back in I, I know you're gassed you're going back in called it the core four sent the starters back in they did hit the long one on them to get down into the into the red zone but then mm. once they got first and goal at the, the 11 that defense stepped up and they were I mean, they were gassed in that game, and it's yeah. you. You worry about the long term effect of that. We saw that you know BJ Hill was not as good last year as he was in 2021 when he had an even split with Larry Ogunjobi. Um, so it, it's one of those things where they're mindful of it. They need to manage these guys' snaps, but when the game's on the line like that, you got to go with your with your yeah. guys, and so that is going to be key to to get more from those rotation rotational pieces and. You mentioned it. We see Cam Sample step up. Uh, Osai, Miles Murphy need to follow suit there. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're we're going to get into some some bye week awards here in a minute. So we'll talk about a lot of a lot of these defensive players when we get to those awards. I did want to talk about where this win leaves the Bengals, kind of in the AFC North too. So the Ravens are they got to win their four and two. Steelers were on bye. They're three and two. The Browns pulled off a victory over the 49ers. They are also three and two. Bengals are pulling up the rear in three and three. Feels like kind of a reset, right? I mean, it feels yeah. like kind of we're back to square one here. Uh, in terms of getting to the top of the AFC conference, the, the Chiefs and Dolphins are still two games up. So there's still a lot of work to be done if the Bengals are going to get towards the top of the AFC. But within the division, feels like we're kind of back to where we were entering the season, where it could be anybody anybody's game. This was always going to be a strong division. I think we thought that coming into the season that it was going to be AFC North or AFC East, which was the NFL's strongest division. So far, it's not close. The AFC North is a much better division than the AFC East. I I think this will be a battle all year long. I think there are, I don't know about the Steelers, but the Browns and Ravens are are both pretty solid football teams that the Bengals will have to compete with all season long. And we touched on it before that once the Bengals get back from the bye, it's an absolute (laughs) just disaster of opponents. 49ers, Bills, Texans, Ravens, Steelers, Jaguars. It, it's an absolute onslaught. It's it's going to be tough. I it, it, This was an absolutely huge win against the Seahawks because I think if they would have lost this game and fallen to two and four, looking up at the rest of the AFC North with this schedule, it would have been incredibly daunting. I think moving to three and three, it lets you feel good at least that you are going to be in the mix for the rest of the season. If you can pull out a couple of these key wins against some of these difficult opponents, you're going to be right there. Maybe it's not going to be this 13-win team that we thought maybe entering the season, but this win, I think, puts them right back in the mix. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, it, it I, They still haven't beat an AFC opponent. So they're, they're 0-3 right. against the AFC. They're 3-0 against the NFC. So that that's going to be tough when, when mm-hmm. it, they, they, they can't afford to lose too many against AFC teams the rest of the way. Can't afford to lose too many, period. But three of those five that you mentioned coming out of the buyer on the road, and just getting to three and three, it two and four going to San Francisco would have felt like a must win. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't now. And, and it's not like it's a house money kind of game. They can go out and whatever happens, happens. Right. But, you know, the 49ers prove fallible, losing to the to the to the Browns. Brock Purdy's first loss. McCaffrey's a little ding now. Mm-hmm. It just Bengals will be fresh coming off a bye. It just doesn't. 
doesn't have that ominous feel that it, it would have ha- at two and four. And yeah. then, you know, Buffalo ha- does not look good. Um, and they've had a lot of injuries too on defense. Yes, they, a they, ton. A ton of injuries. And, and, you know, Houston, you wonder, you, you get halfway into the season and, and people start getting a feel for what CJ Stroud is. So yeah. it's there. It's, it's a, it's a gone. I mean, it's, they're definitely past the easy part of the schedule now, Yes, but it's, it's, it doesn't, it just doesn't feel as as big of a hill, as steep of a hill to climb as, as yeah. maybe it once did. And I that's probably a product of, of winning this game and, and getting to three and three, winning three of the last four, feeling like they can catch their breath and be like, yeah. okay, we got back to 500 and we're still not very good. I mean, there's right. still a right. long way to go. Um, but there's they just have this confidence that – the, the roster is what the roster is. They know who they've got. These guys are going to start playing better. And as a team, they've done it. It seems like every year they start a little slow and then they, they find their footing and they just get better as the year goes on. And I know you can't lean on that every year, but it is a track record. It is, they've proven yeah. they've been able to do it. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see what it looks like coming out of the bye. Even if they lose to San Francisco, if they go out there and play really well, I think it's yeah. going to it's still going to propel them into that, that the rest of that hard stretch. Yeah. I, I think it's okay that there are still issues to be rectified, right? Because they've, they've gotten, gotten kind of back to this reset point, but there's still growth that can happen yeah. and there's still, there's still more work to be done. And I think that's okay. That's, that's, that's why you play the season. That's why you get better as the season goes on. Um, so yeah, I think the Bengals, I think the Bengals are in a good position heading into their bye. We don't have a game to preview next week, Jay. Geared, we, there's nothing. To, there's nothing to preview. If the Bengals are off, geared kind of off. I'm kind of. There's nothing to talk about. So what we're going to do instead is we're going to talk about some awards. Let's hand out some yeah. awards. It's the bye week. We've got we've got a couple of categories here that we're going to go over, um, and just kind of look at who has stood out this season in both good and bad ways <laughs> so <laughs> far this season. Um, let's start right off at the top with Team MVP, Jay. Um, for me, this was an easy one. I, I I don't think there was any other contender. Maybe you will have a, a different choice, but I think it's Jamar Chase. Yeah. He he's been absolutely incredible this season. He is tied for first in the, in the NFL in receptions with 50. He's tied for first in receiving first downs with 35. He's seventh in yards. He has the second most yards after the catch. Obviously leading the Bengals in every receiving metric possible. I think without Jamar Chase, this team's record would be much, much worse. I think they would already be out of the playoffs. I I think he's had to change his game a little bit. We all, we obviously have seen the deep shots, but a lot of the work he's been doing this season has been underneath. It's been underneath and trying to beat defenders and evade tackles, and, and he's obviously great at that. He's one of the best in the NFL at missing tackles. I think without Jamar Chase, this offense would be so stagnant, especially with T being banged up. He, he's been the most important player to me, not just on offense, but on the entire team so far. They're 32nd in total offense with Jamar Chase, so they couldn't get any worse. They would just—they <laughs> yeah, would still be true. the worst offense in the league, but yeah, the, the numbers would, yeah, the numbers would be horrible. Um, it, yeah, it's it's hard to to give an MVP to somebody other than the quarterback, and it is a no brainer yes. for, for this team right now. Um, you know, if I was if I was going secondary, I, I maybe Joe Burrow, just because if you put anybody else at quarterback besides Joe Burrow, this team's not three and three. Um, so I, it's kind of kind of a wins above replacement kind of thing, yeah. just based on who they have as a backup quarterback. Um, he he's been he's done enough to to get them to this point where they're still alive. Um, but yeah, Jamar Chase. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if he keeps this up, what what yeah. kind of votes he would get. You know, we, we went into the season and, and Burrow was one of the favorites to win MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would I, I you might see Jamar Chase be the, the leading vote getter, leading non quarterback vote getter. Um, although some of these defensive guys across the league might have a say yeah. in that as well. Well, I think I think he's a realistic contender for offensive player of the year. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I really do. I think. You know, especially if Christian McCaffrey, we'll see what his injury looks like. But if he's banged up, if I, I think his main competition is probably someone like Tyree Kill so far, because I mean, Justin yeah. Jefferson is also hurt. I think he's a legitimate contender to, to maybe pull off that award. I don't know that we'll ever see a, a non-quarterback win league MVP again. But yeah, yeah Chase has been absolutely incredible. Um, 
you know, the Bengals have contract talks coming up with him after this year. So if he keeps up this performance, he is going to blow the wide receiver market absolutely out of the water. Um, defensive MVP. Jay, we just saw an incredible defensive performance on Sunday. Um, and there and there have been some guys all year who, who have been playing absolutely incredibly. Who do you have for defensive MVP this season? Yeah, I think it's got to be Trey Hendrickson. I mean, he's he's just been incredible. Um, yeah. And he's been good since he got here. And he's 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 taken it to another level this year. He's second in the league in sacks, uh, third in win rate, third in pressure percentage. And you you look at he was questionable in that Arizona game with a back injury and he mm-hmm. played through it and had an incredible game. And we've seen him do this before the, the playoff game against Tennessee in 2021. He was, his back was killing him. He was tapping out at times and he, he still played well. He had the wrist injury he was playing through last year and he was coming up big in the playoffs. It, these guys all play through pain, but, but Trey just has a way of, of really putting it behind him and not missing a step at all and just staying at the same level and the the one maybe the most key stat here that with everything he's put up is production per dollar because yes. you look at all these other edge rushers are making way more money than Trey Henderson and even with the extension they gave him this year to kind of bump that up a little bit more I mean he's he's pro I, he's got to be I haven't thought about this in depth he's got to be the best free agent signing in Bengals history and he he has to be one of the best just production per salary guys in in recent memory in the NFL and you go back you look at what that decision was in 2021 keep Carl Lawson or go out and get Trey Hendrickson and Carl Lawson's been a healthy scratch the last two games for the Jets and he missed his first year with the Jets with the with the injury so it is yeah. it was just that is one of the best decisions in Bengals history to bring Trey Hendrickson in oh, totally agree it was an absolute home run yeah Carl Lawson might get cut like mid-season <laughs> like there he's being mentioned as a trade candidate I don't think anyone's yeah. going to be giving up anything for him yeah I had Trey Hendrickson as well um I, I think he's been absolutely amazing like you said ever since he signed but specifically this season he's gone full blackout Trey mode he he just creates he harasses the quarterback in every single game the motor it really never mm. stops it never ever stops i think he is the clear like leader of that defensive line too in terms of let's go it's time it's crunch time i think if there was a second uh defensive mvp i would actually have dj reader i think he's been really really underrated this season i think he's got he got you saw him get some pressure last game which is not obviously his forte he's been incredible against the run I, I would put him – I don't think he's close to Trey. I think Clay, Trey is in like yeah. his own tier in terms of defensive MVP. But I think I would put Reader second. And, again, speaking of excellent free agent signings, right, Reader has been worth, mm-hmm. I would say, every single dollar that they gave him. And at the time, I know there was a lot of questions about, you know, you don't pay a defensive tackle this type of money in, in, in the mm-hmm. 2020s, right? He's absolutely been worth it. It's a run defender, but against the pass too, in terms of letting the Bengals play with light boxes because he can handle more than one blocker. I think he's been worth the money. Those two players, Hendrickson and Reader, I think have really reshaped this defense. And I don't know if the Bengals will be able to make moves like that going forward with the contracts they're going to hand out, but man, did they hit a couple home runs with Hendrickson and Reader and really reshape this defensive line. Um, Best Newcomer Award. Yeah. For this, we'll either consider rookies or free agent signings. I had a couple for this one. I'm still kind of deciding right now as we speak. I think (laughs) I'll go. I think I'm going to go with DJ Turner. Yeah. I've just been really impressed with him. Um, I had high expectations coming into the season. You know, he's a second round pick. He was the fastest guy at the combine. All this hype coming in. Didn't really know what his role was going to be. But he's come in. He, he's he's you know he's rotated at times with Cheeto. Cheeto's been out. He he's filled in for Cheeto. Cheeto was looked like he was dealing with a little bit of his injury on Sunday. And DJ Turner played. Um, DJ Turner's just been outstanding. I, I think you have to feel good about how this long term quarterback group looks between DJ Turner and Cam Taylor Britt, who obviously had a, a great game on Sunday as well. DJ Turner has 144 coverage snaps. He's been targeted 15 times. He's given up five receptions yeah. for 43 yards. No touchdowns. Two pass breakups. It, it's an outstanding performance from a rookie corner, I, I I think. I think to get that type of performance, 
this early in your in your NFL career is really, really impressive. Cheeto's obviously a free agent after this year. He's dealt with injuries. Bengals don't like third contracts, typically for veterans. I'd say everything points to him not being here next year. DJ Turner's the fill-in. I think the Bengals will be okay with that. Yeah, he was my pick as well. Just it, it, not just what he's done in the games, but the training camp. It was just it yeah. was obvious right from the get go that he belonged. And you know, part of you wants to say where would they be without him, but you know, they brought Cheeto back solely on purpose. Who who's to say? Maybe he could have played every snap those first yeah. few games until he hurt his back. But the, the fact that he he didn't and, and Turner played so well. And they didn't. They were able to to bring him back slowly and not risk further injury. And I, I don't know that. I mean, maybe if this groin injury for Orlando Brown extends, maybe Cody Ford could enter the conversation. I mean, mm. I think we were all surprised to to see him as the replacement oh, when yeah. when Orlando went out in the fourth quarter. On Sunday, it always seemed like it was Deontay Smith or Jackson Carmen, and then you yeah. look at those guys. And you know, Carmen was inactive the first four games, and then Deontay's been inactive the, the last two. And I asked Brian Callen, like, when did Cody Ford enter this conversation? He said it was right. early in camp. Like, as soon as they put the cat, the pads on, they knew what they had in him. And so, you know, you you, you can't you can't put him in that that category yet after yeah. one quarter, but. Yeah. He did hold his own, and, and that's a Seattle defense that had 11 sacks in the last game. And yeah. Even though the offense wasn't great in the fourth quarter, I, I didn't see Cody Ford missing assignments and, and causing any any pressures. And so uh, that was encouraging to see. And there's just not – I mean, you're not going to go Miles Murphy. Jordan Battle's been okay. None of the ro- Would you put Orlando Brown anywhere in there? I mean, he's – expensive obviously yeah I, I think he's been like league average which for his salary i think it may be a little underwhelming but in terms of i don't know he, he's tough he's a tough one to grade i think through this especially with the injury too I, he was kind of one of my other choices for this award but i think it's tough he's been a little up and down for me to say he's is like kind of worthy of an award at this point yeah and that's it and i mean you figure if he's not here then then where did that money go but yeah. the, the main thing is if he's not here, Jonah's at left tackle. And is, is that the best position for him? Yeah. You would assume that it would be Jonah at left and, and Cody at right. And, and maybe the offensive line doesn't look all that much different, but you're right. He's, he's had an impact just in yeah. terms of, of it, he's been an upgrade, but if you, if you look at production per what they paid him, then it hasn't quite been, yeah. I, I think what they were hoping to get, but again, it's early and, uh, We'll see how this 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 line as a whole, uh, I think, is going to start coming together. Needs to play better in the second half, and I think they will. You know, you're it's you hate to keep going back to it, but it's it's a different deal when you're blocking yeah. for a guy that's as compromised as Burrow was for those first four games. So uh, we'll see. He, they, they, the O line looks a lot better when Joe Burrow's taking off and running out of the pocket and jumping over yes. guys and running for first downs. So uh, that's true. I just don't. Yeah, you're right. I don't know that you can give Orlando Brown a, any kind of award at this point. Yeah. Speaking of improvement, who's who's the most improved player? You know, let's reward someone who's gotten better this year. Jay, who who do you have for most improved Bengal? I mean, it's it's kind of apples and oranges because we hardly saw him last year. But that's that's kind of what this award is. It's got to be Dax Hill. I mean, he's he's played really well. He barely played at all last year. Um, you know, he's. I'm not saying he's in the the mix to be one of the best safeties in the league, but he's he's had some impact on some plays, and he's playing like a first rounder should. He's very athletic. Um, we haven't seen him really have any huge gaffes that I can remember. So I just I don't know. I mean, nobody's played really well, and a lot of these guys have played well in the past. So I mean, maybe. Chase is improved, but his bar was so high to begin with. I don't know if you could call him most improved. So I I, I think it's got to be Dax. So maybe you could, maybe I'm forgetting somebody. Do you have? No, a I've, got, I've got some other. I've got some other. Okay, okay. okay. So on my sheet, it literally says Dax parentheses question mark because I wasn't sure. You know, uh, is he really improved? He didn't really play last year, right? Is right. He really. So I have Dax for a different a different award. We'll get to later. My choice for this was actually Jonah Williams. And again, it's a little it's a little apples to oranges because. He's changing positions, right? He mm. was not happy with moving to right tackle. He wanted to be traded. He didn't know. It, it, it's understandable. He's going into the last year of his contract. Who wants to change positions and learn an all new technique and a new side of the line going into your free agent year? Understandable. He's moved to right tackle and he's been really, really good. 
He's yeah. been really good at right tackle and I think really solidified the right side of that line along with Alex Kappa. You look at next season, look at the other free agent tackles who are going to hit the market. Makai Becton, injured all the time. Austin Jackson, first round bust. Trent Brown, old and injured. Donovan Smith, older, injured. Jonah Williams can get paid next offseason. Yeah. <laughs> he, I think he's easily the best free agent offensive tackle next year. When you account for his performance this season, I think he will be very highly rewarded on the free agent market. We know he wasn't happy coming into the season, but I think he's going to be happy after the season. I think he's yeah. I think he's going to be happy with what, what his outlook looks like. So I'm going to go with Jonah. Like I said, I had Dax. I had Kim Taylor Bray on the list. Just to, I just wanted to shout him out. I think he's really taken his game up to a new level this year. And then someone who really – we talked about him, he flashed in the Seahawks game, Cam Sample. I had him on the list too as most improved. Mm-hmm. I think he's really shown off not just his ability but his versatility, lining up inside. I think he looks like a different player this season. So he he was on my list, but I'm going to go with Jonah as number one for that award. The other side of the coin, biggest disappointment. I had quite a few options for this too. I'm going to go with Irv Smith. Yeah, it, It's tough because my personal expectations were not that high for Irv Smith coming into the season. He's just never been that good at the NFL level. I mean, he's a former second-round pick for the Vikings. Dealt with a lot of injuries, but even when he was on the field, it's not like this guy was really producing in Minnesota. Comes to, comes to Cincinnati with a clear vacancy at tight end. He, he's really done nothing. 11 targets, six receptions, 32 yards. He has one first down in six games. I think there's been several different plays that we've talked about on this podcast where he's either not made the catch or not gotten the first down. He, he's made some mistakes. I, I, I wonder if tight end's a position, and we can probably talk about this next week, where the Bengals might consider making a move before the trade deadline even because Irv Smith has been so disappointing. There's nobody – Tanner Hudson, maybe maybe Tanner Hudson is going to be that guy who steps up later this year and the Bengals can count on his receiving threat. I, I don't know. Tanner Hudson doesn't really have a track record of doing that. Drew Sample, we know what he is. You know, Maybe the Bengals can go and trade for Hayden Hurst and bring him back. The Panthers aren't going anywhere. <laughs> you know, They're 0-6. Maybe they'll get rid of some veterans. I think Irv Smith is the biggest disappointment – from the role that we had envisioned or people had envisioned for Smith coming into the season to where he is now, I think he's been a huge disappointment. I've got a couple other selections for this award, but I want to hear what you have first. Yeah, my pick was Smith too. I no one expected him to light up the, the stats, but and, and you 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 knew the injury risk was there and he has missed a couple games with the hamstring, but he's just been a non-factor mm-hmm. from the opening series of the season when he when he the ball went off his hands in Cleveland, he had one go off his hands Sunday, but again, that was a little bit behind him, a, a uncharacteristic throw from Burrow. But yeah. you know, we talked about it before: forty-nine pass attempts at Arizona, no tight end targets. Uh, I think there's only two targets on Sunday. I don't know that they trade, make a trade. That's just not the way the the Bengals operate. I, I think they feel like that they can get this offense going without having a, a yeah. big play tight end. They I'm just like, I'm just wish casting a trade. That's uh, that's just me. Yeah, <laughs> I I mean I, I think everybody is, and and not you know maybe another running back too. There's a lot of there's a lot yeah. out there that could help this team, but they just don't like giving up draft picks. And I I, I don't know if there's a, a player for player swap that would make sense. Yeah. Um, but I agree, you know it. it it could be Tanner Hudson. I mean, we could see him starting in the second half of the season. Burrow trusts Tanner Hudson. He throws the ball to him when he's in, when he's been in those games. I, I, I think he's losing trust quickly in Irv Smith, and I, I don't know where that where that relationship goes. Um, my other one for disappointing would, would be Brad Robbins, and I know he's a rookie, mm, a good but one. I, I just I think a lot of people expected a lot more from him. Um, and it seemed like he was turning the corner. You know, his last eight punts going into this game, he was averaging over 50 yards a kick and, and seemed like it was getting better and then had another shaky performance against Seattle. So, um, you know, Drew yeah. Chrisman is not far away. I know people <laughs> yeah, don't want to hear true. that, but he's still in the press box at every game. He's now a media right. member for Spectrum TV. Um, so, I yeah, it's it's that's a, a interesting thing there. And I don't think they're going to, give up on brad robbins this soon but it, yeah. it he has to get better no i i agree that that was that was not even one i considered but i think that's a that's a great pick too other people i had and, the, and these are hard because i think some of these are injury related but like joseph osai i think has been pretty quiet this season mm-hmm. but he obviously was coming off the preseason injury that's hard to say t higgins has been relatively quiet outside of the one game again dealing with an injury it's a little hard to blame him for that the other one i would really add i think has been nick scott has yeah. been, you know, obviously benched 
at times, I think he's been in the wrong place and, and run fits. I think he's lost some lost some battles in coverage. I, I think he hasn't been great. I'm not I'm not ready to like give up on him yet. I think there's still time for him to kind of work himself into this defense more. And it was always going to be a struggle, right? Replacing Von Bell and Jesse Bates. Yeah, it, it was always going to be a struggle. I think when you contrast the way Nick Scott has performed with Dax Hill, I think it really stands out that Nick Scott has, has not been up to Dax Hill's level this season. So I'd put I'd put him um, also on that list. Um, players we want to see more of in the sec- in the second half of the season. Is there someone Jay that stands out to you that you think should be getting more time as we move along here in the schedule? Well, I don't know about more time, but you want to see more of Evan McPherson. You want to see more touchdowns and therefore more extra points. That's just that's what this offense needs to be. So he he's up there. Um, I, I would throw Andre Yoshivas in there too. Um, yeah. He's you know first career catch at Arizona, and then he gets a touchdown. You know, Trent Irwin, when when somebody's hurt, he steps in and he plays well. But when they've got their big three, you don't really see much of him. Um, yeah. And and Andre Yosivash is a guy that that can high point the the ball. He's he's a weapon in the red zone. He can be a, a deep ball threat. He's establishing that trust with Joe Burrow. You know, Burrow missed all our camp, so he didn't really get to work with Andre that much. And now you see it starting to click a little bit in yeah. these games. And so I, I think he can he can be a big part of this pass offense um, as he kind of grows into this role and, and learns the NFL. I would agree. Yosha Voss was definitely on my list. I think he, you know, got his first touchdown reception. He's incredibly athletic. I think he could add something to this offense. My pick was actually going back to what we just talked about, Nick Scott. I went with Jordan Battle. I'd like to see him play a little more. I think he's been good. I think he's been good on every time he's given an opportunity against the run, as a blitzer, uh, against the pass. I think he's been really good. I think if Nick Scott continues to have these struggles, I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan Battle is the starter by the end of the season. And, and I do think he'll keep getting mixed in as the season progresses. Um, other guys I had for this award, I think, I think I'd like to see some of the other running backs get mixed in. And, I, you know, I think Joe Mixon is – shown shown some ability surprising ability at points this season i think he's shown some bursts that maybe i didn't think he still had but the running game is still just not there it's so mm-hmm. inefficient why not see what chase brown can do why not see what chris evans can do even as even as a pass catcher i know chris evans has not been good as a pass blocker but just let it let it send him out in some routes see what he can do and see if he can add to this offense trivion williams i, I don't know i think i've seen enough of trivion williams at this point <laughs> i'm not sure um but i would put him there and then Cam Sample. I, I feel like this is the Cam Sample show for me. I mentioned a million times, but if we're, if the Bengals are going to reduce those defensive line snaps for for their top rotation guys for Hubbard and and for Hendrickson, Cam Sample is going to have to step up and be a big part of this offense defense as he was on Sunday. So I think I would add him too. Biggest surprise of the season. Now we can talk about good or bad surprises here, and I, I've got one of both. For good, it's actually someone you mentioned before, Jay. We won't spend too much time on. It. I had Dax Hill here. I, yeah. you know, we didn't see, we didn't see him last year, barely at all. Kind of didn't know what to expect this season. I, I think he's been as good as you could have hoped for as a first round pick. He's been exactly what you needed in replacing Bell and Bates. I think he's, I, I think drafting a safety in the first round is always going to kind of generate some questions in terms of positional value and stuff like that. I think at the end of the first round, what he's brought to the table so far has, he's been more than worth it. Bad. A bit bad surprise for the season. I think it's just the offensive issues. Yeah. It's just how the offensive looked in general. Maybe that's an easy answer, but no one expected the Bengals to be the worst offense in the league through the through six games, especially how they looked earlier in the season. So I, I think that's I, I hoping that can obviously be rectified as the season goes along. But obviously, it's been surprising how bad this team has looked, and we'll see if, if that can change after the bye. What do you have for biggest surprise, either good or bad? Yeah, my bad one is is Higgins. I just you know, yeah. he, he's a guy in a contract year, the the proven track record, yeah. uh, Burrow being hampered. You would you would think trying to get the ball out quick would lead to a, a guy like that that wins a lot of 50-50 balls. Yeah. And the, the production outside the Rams game, it just hasn't been there. And I know he missed half of the Tennessee game and then the, the Arizona game. Yeah. But it, it's just that that really surprises me that that he hasn't been as big a part Um for a good surprise, I, I I don't know. I don't know that <laughs> that I have one. It's tough. I mean, it's tough. it is. I, I mean, Dax Hill. I, I he's 
I mean, I guess a pleasant surprise. You you didn't really know what you were going to get. So yeah. I think Bengal fans should be happy the way he's playing. But I mean, he is a first round pick, and and I guess that should be expected somewhat. Um, so I I don't know. I don't know that. I, I guess if I'm going to go good surprise, it's that they're three and three after that start. <laughs> yeah. Um, that it could have gone way worse, and the the fact that the to go three and one in their last four after the, the really bad start. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the, the most pleasant surprise that, that anybody could, could hope for at this point. I it's do. Tough. I Yeah. It's because everyone, I think everyone is either playing at expectations or below, except yeah. for a few guys that we mentioned earlier, but you know, I don't think it's surprising to see Jamar Chase or Trey Hendrickson play well. I think it's kind of what we said before when we talked about the Seahawks game, right? Is that, there's still a lot of room for growth on this team because they have been able to get back to three and three, but there's still, there's that Delta between where they're playing right now and what they could be. And, and, and because of that, there really hasn't been a lot of good surprises because everyone's kind of been where we thought or below. You can maybe put Hubbard in there because I, I think mm-hmm. he, he's playing the best that he's played. He's, he's always been yeah. really good against the run and he still is, but I, I think he's upped his game as a pass rusher this year. And, and he's been more of a, more of an impact in yeah. that regard. So I, I, you know, it's not a huge surprise, but he, it is a little bit when you get to this age, that's when guys start slowing down and he's going yeah. the other way and, and really picking it up. No, that, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I think he was dominant against the Seahawks. There, there's a little new element there to his game. I, I would agree. Our, we're going to finish up here with our last one, our favorite play of the year. Uh, Jay, this was easy for me. I'll let you go first. Let's see if we've got the same one. What did you have for favorite play of the year? Yeah, I mean the the bomb to chase in Arizona. It was it's just it, it you haven't seen it for such a long time and it really the degree of difficulty. I mean that was mm-hmm. a a long throw for Burrow to make. It was a tough catch the way it was over his left shoulder for for yeah. Chase to make. Um it came in a key moment. There was just there was so much about that play. I you know, if, if you go most significant play, maybe it was the first touchdown in that Arizona game where Burrow scrambled out of pocket, yep. planted, and he's okay. He's that was kind of a he's back moment. Yep. But uh, if I'm if I'm going favorite one, it, it's got to be that deep shot. I would agree. I would agree. Um, it, it was. It felt like the Bengals were back. Like that was the moment mm. that Joe Burrow is back. Um, to, it, it was the highest EPA play of the year too, in terms of expected points added, five point six. It was nearly double their next EP, best EPA play on offense. Uh, it, I, and I had the, I had the first touchdown as well for the reasons you said that Joe Burrow was able to get outside the pocket, plant, show that that calf was okay. That was that was a very significant play. But the bomb, the second touchdown against the Cardinals, the sixty three yard touchdown, felt like the Bengals of old. Um, other contenders for this award that I had, the Charlie Jones punt return against mm-hmm. the Ravens, you know, when the Bengals really couldn't get anything going on offense. I thought to see that from a rookie, to see that type of playmaking ability was pretty impressive. And then they came to came Taylor Brett pick six against the Cardinals mm-hmm. too, you know, right after the Bengals had failed on fourth down near the goal line to kind of have the defense step up in that moment and maybe give Zach Taylor the confidence to go for it in those situations again, right? Because they can back up the, the opposing offense. So I thought that that was a great play too. Weren't, haven't been a lot of good play, a big plays to choose from this year. So I think no. this was, you know, it, it was fairly limited on, on what uh, what our options were for that one. But that's how we see this season so far. I think it's been, it's obviously been up and down. Uh, but there have been some good performances. There have been some bad performances. To be at three and three and head into this this gauntlet of a post-buy schedule, after how the Bengals looked over those first few games, I think you have to feel about as good as you can heading in heading into the bye week here um we don't have a Bengals game to predict this week there's no game but we are going to do we're going to look at our bets from last week jay and we're gonna we're gonna do some bets for the afc north and do our usual betting segment jay i know that last week i want to say i went over two on my bets you can confirm that uh how did everybody else do yeah um I'm kind of, I think I said it last week, but now I'm going to repeat. I'm like the Bengals. I'm coming back. I'm, I'm making this thing interesting. You, you lost both of yours. You went over 46 and a half on the Bengals. Uh, that came in under obviously. And then you had the Patriots plus three, they lost by four. So you went zero and two, Brian went zero and two. Uh, he had Eagles minus six and a half. They lost to the Jets and he had the Colts plus four. They got whacked by the, the Jaguars. So you guys both dropped 20 fictional dollars. Um, I, 
I'm so mad at myself. I, I had the half, <laughs> I had the right half of the teaser at Seattle plus nine, but I took over 40. Should have gone the other way and gone the under. So I lost that one. But I mean, two weeks in a row, if, if I was one of those touts saying, you know, the, the fo- recorded yeah. phone line and my lock of the week was, was Jaguars in London and that was that one easy. And then Giants plus 14. They almost won that game outright. They should have won that game yeah, outright. They yeah. So I, I pushed last week. Um, that keeps me at minus 10. Uh, Brian is our leader at zero. Uh, I'm second at minus 10, and you are now in the basement at minus 20. Oh, boy. All right. Well, <laughs> let's let's see if we can make up some ground this week. I'm never betting on the Patriots again. I mean, that that's just out. That's out yeah. of the door. That, that was absolutely brutal. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and give my picks for the week. I'm just going to do two non-Bengals picks for the week. I'm going to go with the dead cap, dead cap bounce uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. They, you know, that was they dealt with a lot of weather. They dealt with that imposing Browns defense that the Bengals have obviously had so much trouble with. They lost McCaffrey. They lost Debo Samuel. They lost Trent Williams. I, they're playing Minnesota up here in my in my part of the country uh, next week. Vikings defense is is not good. It's just absolutely terrible. I don't I don't care if McCaffrey doesn't play. I don't care if Debo doesn't play. The 49ers are 6.5 favorites, and I, I think they'll easily, easily cover that. I'm gonna go for my second game, I'm gonna go with the Dolphins plus two at the Eagles. Mm. Um it's tough to say the Eagles are gonna lose two games in a row. I think they're a very talented team. They just have a lot of issues on defense, especially up the spine, especially up the middle of that defense. I think Mike McDaniel to attack of Iowa, Tyreek Hill are just gonna feast on that all day. I think it could be a shootout, but I think Miami will, will pull it out. They're getting two points, and I'll, and I'll take that. Okay. Um, see, the, the over-under on that game is over 50, right? Yeah. So that's – I always, when that happens, I always go the opposite way. Um, Brian's not doing that. He's got a he's got a low over-under, 39.5 in the Colts-Browns game, and he's still going mm. under that. Yeah. Uh, so that's his first pick. And his second pick – uh, is I totally agree with them. That's that's my lock of the week. Uh, Chargers plus six and a half at Kansas City. Chiefs just always struggle to, yeah. to cover the spread. The Chargers always seem to play them close. It's one of those shootouts back and forth. Last man, last team that has the ball wins kind of thing. Um, coming back off the disappointment of of last night and yeah. and losing that game to Dallas. I just I really love the Chargers in that spot. So he, Brian's got Chargers. He's got ten on them. I'm putting fifteen. Mm-hmm on the chargers and then i'm gonna go parlay jay with oh the boy. uh the bye week and i'm, I'm gonna go with the afc north parlay i just wager five but i'm gonna go cleveland minus two um i just indy doesn't have ar um yeah. cleveland's i know they're on the road but th- their defense against that indy offense I, I think cleveland wins that game easy yeah. um, i'm gonna go detroit plus two and a half at baltimore i just baltimore has not impressed me detroit has uh, they they were kind of a, a sexy pick early. They've yeah. proven it. That is a really really good team, and they were good offense last year. That defense has gotten a lot mm-hmm. better, and the Baltimore offense just hasn't shown me anything. And then uh, I'll, I'll go Pittsburgh three and a half um, at at the Rams. The Rams just don't have much of a home field advantage at mm-hmm. SoFi. And I looked it up. The Steelers are four and zero in their last four, and five and one in their last six when they're underdogs of three or more on the West Coast. Mike Tomlin knows how to win out there. They've won three of those six games as underdogs outright. Um, Even if they lose, I think it'll be by field goal. They'll cover the three and a half. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to take my first stab at a parlay and and try to be in the lead coming out of the bye. I love it. I love it. I think, yeah, I I like the Browns too. I like the Browns a lot this week. Even if Deshaun Watson can't play, I mean, they're still going to be going up against Gardner Minshew, who threw three interceptions last week. I think the Browns defense will absolutely stifle the Colts. And P.J. Walker just beat the Niners. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, it, I don't know if he did that much to win that game, but he, well, he made one one nice throw. Um, I've got Detroit against the Ravens, too, I think. How many times do you see teams like this come into the season and then just fail to deliver on the hype? The Lions are absolutely delivering on the hype. Uh, Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson, both their coordinators, I think could be head coaches next year. They've both done really, really good jobs. I like them. I'm going to take the Rams against the Steelers, though. I just don't have any faith in the Steelers, and that's not an anti-Pittsburgh bias from from a Bengals uh, writer or supporter or whatever, but I I just have so many struggles with their offense. I'm, I'm not sure on Kenny Pickett. I'm definitely not sure on Matt Canada. 
<laughs> I I could see the Rams putting up quite a bit of points, even though I, I Steelers obviously have a good defense, but I I like the Rams a little better in that game. Um, so we'll see we'll see how the AFC North looks. You know, after next week, the Bengals obviously can't lose a game, but they can't gain any ground either. You know, to, in terms of winning a game, so I think. It'll be interesting to see how the division stands after next week and see see where the lay of the land is. Jay, anything else before we close up? We're not. We'll be back next week. We'll we'll talk about. I don't know. What we'll talk about. We'll we're still. <laughs> we'll see how the week goes, but we'll see how the rest of the season goes and see. You know, we've got the trade deadline coming up. We mentioned that if maybe the Bengals can can make a move, probably doubtful. Um, but anything else before before we sign off for the week? Yeah, I mean, if if you're a Bengals fan and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are or watching this podcast. Uh, Think back to it wasn't the bye week last year, but it was the mini bye week. It was that yeah. week four weekend after they, after the Bengals beat Miami on Thursday night. I remember I was doing yard work. I was listening to games on the radio, and it was an incredible Sunday for the Bengals. I mean, yeah. all three other AFC North teams blew fourth quarter leads. The Ravens had the Bills down twenty to three in the fourth quarter and lost that game, and and the the Steelers were up by 10 in the fourth quarter on the Jets and lost, and the and the Browns lost at Atlanta on a field goal uh, or by a field goal. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, we we just went over our picks, and and um, I've got two of the three AFC North teams winning. You've got one of them, but yeah. if if that this this division can look it's already tight it can yeah. be they the Bengals could be tied for second a half game out of first after this weekend so yeah. um I, I i think we're both not going to be jamar chase this weekend we are not going to be always open i'm going to shut it down <laughs> yeah. going to relax going to go to ohio university visit my son take it easy i'll pay attention to some football um but yeah, I, I if you're a Bengals fan looking for a fix, that would be my suggestion to watch those other AFC North teams and, and root against them because it could get really interesting going into the, the week after the bye if, if things fall the Bengals way. Definitely. If you're a Bengals fan, you do have something to root for this week. That That is absolutely for sure. Come, come to Pro Football Network. Come read all Jay's Bengals coverage. He's got great coverage every single day. Come read our NFL stuff. Come read our betting, fantasy, college, everything at profootballnetwork.com. Uh, We will be back next week on Tuesday to talk about where the Bengals go from here. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.